Okay, good morning everyone. <coughs> Recording in progress. Okay, we'll start again. Okay, good morning everyone. Welcome to the Life and Torah of our Leaders, Tuesday mornings live with First Seder Bis Medrash at 11.30 a.m. Special welcome to our Torah Anytime viewers and listeners that will Bez Hashem be joining the Shir. As we continue our series on the Chachme Svarad, and we've been going through the, so to speak, Shalshalas HaMesoyra of the Rishainim, the Ramban, the Rajba, the Ritva, and we continue now with Rabbeinu Nisim, better known as the Ran. Rabbeinu Nisim and Chuvis Simen Zion. He signs his name, Nissen Ben Rev Ruvain, Ben Rev Nissen Zal, Gironde. So again, we know many Gedolim who were in the city of Girona in northeast Spain. We have Rabbeinu Yaina, the Ramban, and others as well. So the Ran Rabbeinu Nissen also um, signs his name, Nissen Ben Rev Ruvain, Ben Rev Nissen Zal, Gironde. In a sefer called Arboa Mikhtavim, he signs his name Nissen ben Rebruvain, Hakortovi al Girondi, which sounds like his family originally came from Cordova, Spain, which is south, uh, the south of Spain, near Seville, where the uh, family of the Ritva last week came from. And then afterwards, al Girondi, that they went up all the way northeast to Girona. That's what it sounds like from that, um, from that signature. Whether he himself ever lived in Girona, we're not sure. Again, a lot of this has to do with his family. Even he's called in the, in the Svarun Rabbeinu Nisim, Gironde, doesn't mean he necessarily lived there, but his family came from Girona. We don't know, like many of the other Rishayinim, we don't know where he was born, and it's not very clear exactly the year or date of his birth. However, it seems from, again, putting together pieces of history that he wasn't born later than the year I and Hay, which is the year 1315. Uh, the year or date of his, I'm sorry, the year of his Petira is also not known to us. Um, what we do know is that in Chuvis Rivash, Simon Shin Pei Beis, he writes uh, to the Ran, a Shaila, and the Shaila is about a Shtar Chalitza, a Get Chalitza. And the problem was that written in the year of the date in this star was the year Kuf Dalid, but really it was missing a Lamed. It should have been Kuf Lamed Dalid. Kuf Lamed Dalid, which um, would be 1374. And by mistake, they left out the Lamed and they only wrote Kuf Dalid. And that was the question, is that star kosher or not? So you see, in that year of Kuf Lamedal in 1374, he was still alive. Um, how long after that that he lived, we don't know. Um, the historians are Mishair. They estimate that he was Nifter anywhere between Kuf Lamed Vav and Kuf Men, 1376 to 1380. Um, <clears throat> now, who exactly his Rabbeim were? It's also not very clear who his Rabbeim were. Um, the Ran in Mesech Shavuos, Daf Mem Dalit, writes like this, Pirish Harifzal, 
I saw what the riff says on this Gemara. And I saw what the Chachamim of Tzarfas, the Bali Ataisvis, wrote, excuse me, and they don't seem fit in my eyes. I, the Pirish that I wrote, I learned from my father, and my father from his Rebbe, Rav Godol Muvuk Bidoiroi, Zecher Shneem Levrocho Lechaylam Abba. His Rebbe was a great Rebbe, Rav Godol Muvuk Bidoiroi, Zatzal. So it seems that he did learn some Torah from his father, but again, it's not very clear was his father his Rebbe, um, did he just learn Taira from him? Who his Rabbeim were? In Chuvas, Simen Chav Zayin, he writes at the end of the Chuva, Va'adoini Meirizal, my Rebbe. Again, not very clear who he's referring to, but he is referring to someone as his Rebbe. Um, <clears throat> in Simen Men Gimel in Chuvas, he talks about a Sefer Taira. That very interesting thing that the cipher left out. Words and psukim in the middle of lines. He left things out. So what do you do when you're writing like notes? So you're writing a book and you leave out a word. So you make a little star, an asterisk, and you put it on the side in the margin. So this cipher left out words and psukim. And when he filled it back in and he realized that he made mistakes, <coughs> he put dots and circles, says the Ran for a simin. Kiminaga cipherim bishar sifarim. <coughs> Just like the Seifrim do, the Seifrim do in other Svarim. And the question was, is a Sefer Taira written like that, Kasha or not? So he goes through the Shail, and the end he writes, Zichroini, I remember, Shikashayisi Tinak, when I was a child, Shekana Adaini Avi Meirizal, Sefer Taira, Shayikasav al Oidenu Iti. He says, I remember my father purchased such a Sefer Torah that was written like this, with all the mistakes filled in on the sides with stars and circles, and I still have it. And my Rebbe did not, was not matter to read from such a Sefer Torah. So again, here he's quoting a Rebbe of his. We do not know who that Rebbe was. But as we said, he clearly quotes his father, at least in one place, in a Masaira, in a Gemara, that he learned from his father. Now some historians look at some of his letters, and they see that Rabbeinu Peretz HaKoyen perhaps was his Rebbe. However, it doesn't seem, um, the other historians say it doesn't seem so. Rather, it seems that he was a friend of his, and even though he says the covered Harav Agadol Rabbeinu Peretz Hakayin, or he calls him Reinu Harav Hakayin Agadol, it's not um, indicative that he was actually his rebbe. He had great chashivas for this Rabbeinu Peretz Hakayin, as we'll see in a moment. But Lav Dafka was he actually um, his rebbe? Now, <clears throat> the, their Talmud they had a shared Talmud, both Rabbeinu Peretz and um, Rabbeinu Nisim, who was the Rivosh. The Ravash was their Talmud. And the Rosh in the Tshuva, in the Rivash, I'm sorry, in the Tshuva, Simon Peizayin, he writes, um, If you'll find in my words, 
Nitiya, some type of way that I strayed, bedaver katan agadol, in a small or a big way, midivrei beis hamayris agadolim, from the two luminaries, the two luminaries, mereinu v'rabeinu. He's referring to Rabbeinu Peretz and the Ran. Biyistaka hadaver v'loyaymar. So forget anything I said if I veered off the words of mereinu v'rabeinu. Kimi pm anuchayim umeimem anushaisim. From their mouths we live, and from their water we drink. Which means to say he was. Considering Rabbeinu Peretz Hakayin and the Ran, the two great Gedolim of the time or of the region, and the Rivash held them both as his Rabbeim, and therefore he said, "We will not. I will not be stray from what they say." An iota. Now, who was this Rabbeinu, Rabbeinu Peretz? This is not the Rabbeinu Peretz who's from the Bali Hatayisvus that we have. Bali Hatayisvus, um, Taisus Rabbeinu Peretz. That's earlier, probably a hundred years earlier in the time of the Bali Hatayisvus. That Rabbeinu Peretz was a Talmud of the Rimi Pariz. Um, this Rabbeinu Peretz Hakayin was a different Rabbeinu Peretz. <coughs> he, it's written about him in the Sefer Sharitziyin Bir Talmud. He did write an explanation on the Gemara. Upasak bebir toiv nichbad vukasav harbe ma'id. He wrote on many different things. This sefer writes about him. We have from Rabbeinu Peretz Hakayin on four masechtas: Shabbos, Erevin, Nazir, and Sanhedrin. But the Sharitzian right the Sefer Sharitzian writes he wrote on many masechtas. I'm not dying liyata but those have not been printed yet. This Rabbeinu Peretz Hakayin was first in Italy, in Marseille. And he actually wrote to the Ran that he's looking for a job in Spain, in Svarad. And the Ran, who was in Barcelona at the time, at a yeshiva in Barcelona, as we'll see, he um, went to, the, um, to the, uh, the, the leaders of the city of Barcelona and was Matsia that they should take Rabbeinu Peretz HaKoyen as the Rav. And he was actually became the Rav in Barcelona for a few years before his Petira. He was Nifter while the Ran was still alive. And we see that in the Chuvas Harivash that we quoted before. That was, um, that Chuva was in the year Kuf Chavches. And he's still qu- calling Rabbeinu Peretz as if he's alive. In the year Kuf Lamid, in Simen Shun Pe- Shin Peites, the Rivash then says, Meir Ani HaRaboi Serav Rabbeinu Peretz HaKoyen Zal, Varav Rabbeinu, um, referring to the Ran. So in Kuf Chavches, when he quotes both of his Rabbeim, they were both, both alive. In Kuf Lamid, in, he writes that Rabbeinu Peretz is no longer alive, Rabbeinu Peretz Zatzal, but the Ran is still alive. So Rabbeinu Peretz was Nifter before the Ran. Now, <clears throat> assuming the Ran was Nifter in, uh, between Kuf Lamid Vav and Kuf Mem, so he lived a good six, seven, eight, nine, ten years longer than Rabbeinu Peretz um, Hakayim. And in fact, in Simon Shivan Ayin Hay, the Rivash writes, Uminoz Chodlu, Nesvu Mimenu Bechatainu, it was gathered because of our sins. Nishar Ha'ilam Shaymein Vigalmud, the world was left desolate and alone. Lule Hashem Hoysilon Usri Dabarechalidar. If not for the fact that Kodesh Borchu left over a remnant, one leader for the generation who may reign Rabbeinu Nisim. So it sounds like he's referring to the fact that Rabbeinu Peretz had been Nifter, but Baruch Hashem, Hashem left over at least one leader, and that was Rabbeinu Nisim, um, the Ran. Now there's another interesting thing. In the Tshuvas Tashbats, Tshuvas Tashbats, Chela Gimel, Shin Chav Gimel, 
he's talking about if Kivrei Akum are metame to a Kayan. Is a Kayan allowed to be ta- become Tame to a Goyesha Kaver? Is that metame or not? And um, he writes over there, The Kehanim are accustomed to walk in Kivrei Akum and they don't worry about then he writes, Varav Rabbeinu Peretz HaKayin Asher Nifta BeBarcelona. Rabbeinu Peretz HaKayin was Nifter in Barcelona. Hoyonizer, but he was careful not to Mipnei HaMishumadim, because he says even amongst the Goyim, sometimes there are Nebuch Yidin who went off the Derech and became Shmad. They became uh, Christians and they're buried amongst the Goyim, and they are still Jews. The Kaimelon Afapishachotu Yisraelu. So therefore, he was nervous that maybe buried amongst the Goyim are some Jews Mishumadim. And therefore, Rabbeinu Peretz Hakayin was nizer not to walk amongst the um, the Kivrei Akum. Now, the Rivash in a Chuvan Kuvchav Dalid just writes an interesting thing. He's talking about the minug that they have to bury Kayhanim at the edge of the base Hakvaris. And the question is, what was the point or source of this minug? Was there a halachic reason because if you bury him inside the base Hakvaris and his relatives? When they come to the Kvura, who are Kayhanim, are allowed to go and allowed to go back, even though they're coming and becoming Tame from other Kvarim, they're allowed to. But maybe there's some halachic reason they might take their time, they might delay. Is that the reason we bury them on the side of the Beis Kvaris? Or is the reason because we want their relatives to be able to come visit? Their kvarim and they can't come into the Beis Hakvaris. Is there a reason Kaihanim should not be buried amongst regular Yisraelim? So that's the Shiloh there, the Rivash is handling. And the Rivash says, Ukvar Amarlach, I'm sorry, Verabcha Amarlach, your Rebbe, he's told the person who asked the question, your Rebbe told you, Sharav Rabbeinu Peretz HaKain Kavroi Say Besoich Beis Hakvaris. That the Rabbeinu Peretz HaKain was buried in the Beis HaKvaris. And they didn't put him on the boundary. So you see that there's no special hakpada about not burying Kayhanim amongst Mesa Yisrael. There must be side reasons, like we just mentioned some other side reasons about the relatives coming to visit. And the end, the end he says, Umashaheid Rabcha, this that your Rebbe testified, the Rabbeinu Peretz was buried inside the Beis Akvaris in Barcelona. The Rivash says, I also could testify that this was the story. The Rivash, as we said, being a Talmud of Rabbeinu Peretz, Hakayim. Now, Rabbeinu Nisim lived in Barcelona. If you remember on the Shir and the Rajba, we quoted the Maram Chalava in a, uh, in a letter that he wrote. And it's brought in the Chuvas Chadoshas of the Rivash Simen Yud. And the Maram Chalava writes that Barcelona. When I was young, I was raised in Barcelona in the base medrash of the Rajbazal Balteris Habayis, Im Harav Benoy. And if you remember then, our question was, was he a Talmud of the Rajba or a Talmud of the Rajba's son? But then he says, and after the Rajma and his son, I was able to see the luminaries, so you see that the Rabbeinu Keperetz and the Ran were in Barcelona. Now in Sefer Shari Tzioin, that we quoted before, he writes that Rabbeinu Nissim was in Barcelona, Hashem was with him. And he had a yeshiva, because in that Sefer Shari Tzioin, he writes an interesting thing. He says he writes that in the year thirteen, um, thirteen seventy two, 
Nisbatlu Hayeshivas Mikol Svarad. The Yeshivas in Svarad were totally destroyed. Al Roiv Hamochamais Vahagzeres because of many Mochamais and Gzeres. And he repeats a whole story over there at Sha'amad. Och Mamzer Mimelech Don Pedro. There was a, a king, Pedro, or Peter as he's called. And um, he got to like the Jews. His brother, half brother, he calls him Ach Mamzer. Henry killed him. And Henry was very cruel to the Jews. And Harag, Roiv Yehudim, and Isharim He killed out most of the Jews that were remained in Svarad. And many yeshivas at that time were batal. Levad, he gives some exceptions. And one of them was with Barcelona, Harav Nisim, that the Ran still had a yeshiva in Barcelona, even after the other yeshivas no longer existed because of these tsaris that were going on in Svarad at the time. Who were the Ran's Talmidim? So as we mentioned, the Rivash, the Rivash is Rabbeinu Yitzchak Parsheshes. And... Um, <clears throat> In Simon Shin Peiches, when he's writing to the Ran, he writes, You did a kindness with me and you carried me like a father on your arms. In Shinai and Hay, the Rivash writes about his Rebbe, There is no one to compare him to in all of Chachme Yisrael. And there's no one equal to him. Everyone in front of him is like the peel of a garlic or a sesame seed. So that was his main Talmud, the Rivash, and a lot of the history and, 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 uh, and, and um, life of the Ran we could glean from the Chuvas Harivash from his Talmud. Another Talmud was Rev Doin Chasdoi Krashkash ben Reb Avram. Rev Doin Chasdoi Krashkash was a grandson of Reb Yehuda ben Chasdoi. And he, Rabbi Yehuda, is mentioned in the Ran in Adarim, Beis Amar Aleph, Anochein Sharisi Bezeh, Mashapirish Achacham Agodor, Yehuda Ben Reb Chasdoi, and his grandson, as we're saying, Reb Doin Chasdoi, was a Talmud of the Ran. Um, in Nidarim Samachayam and Beis, he brings Achacham Avosik, Reb Shmuel Ben Achacham Agodor, Yehuda Bar Chasdoi, again a son of Reb Yehuda Bar Chasdoi, I guess some type of uncle to this Reb Doin Chasdoi. So these were a, a very prominent family in Svarad, that you see the Ran quotes them, and, um, and uh, he was a Talmud, Reb Doin Chazdoi was a Talmud of the Ran, the Barbanel and Parshas Lech Lecha, and other Svarim he brings, um, he says, this is what Rabbeinu Nisim, Baharav Chazdoi Talmidoi, also he clearly says that his Talmud, this Rav Chazdoi Krashkash, was a Talmud of the Ran. The Rivash in Shim Pehei also writes, V'achacham HaGadol Doin Chazdoi Krashkash, so this tshuva must have been written to someone within the year of the Petira of the Ran. And uh, the Rivash writes that the Chacham, Rav Chasdoi Krashkash, actually asked this question to the Ran in Barcelona. Another Talmud was Rabbi Ephraim Vidal. Rabbi Ephraim Vidal was the Rebbe of the Tashbats. We quoted the Tashbats before in a few tshuvas. And the reason Tashbats talks about the Ran is because his Rebbe, Rabbi Ephraim Vidal, was a Talmud of the Ran. In Chelek Beis, um, in Chelek Beis, in a tshuva there, he writes, Moiri HaKadosh Rabbi Ephraim Vidal. He writes that uh, my Rebbe HaKadosh Rebbe Afrayim Vidal, 
and he told me that more than 20 years earlier, So it was a, a Shiloh that he was handling, and he says, the Tashbats writes, I asked my Rebbe, and my Rebbe, the Kaddish of Ephraim, said that he asked this question to the Ran more than 20 years ago, and he answered the way I answered, and I was very happy about that. Um... <clears throat> And again in Tashvat's Chelek Bey's Reish Pei Gimel, he writes, V'chein Haran Zal, Rabbo Shel Rabboisai Zal. He says, The Ran is the Rabbi of my Rabbeim, Asher Mimeim Anushaisim. Um, <clears throat> then there was another Talmud, Rabbi Yosef Chaviva, who was better known as the Nemuke Yosef, the Nemuke Yosef in the back of the Gemara. As we'll see in back of some Masechtas, we have the Ran on the Rif, and other Masechtas there is with the Nemuke Yosef. And uh, the Mekhi Yosef is constantly bringing from Mipi Haran Bar. Haran Bar is Reb Nissen ben Ruvain. He was his Rebbe. He was the Mekhi Yosef's Rebbe. Now, the Tashbats brings an interesting thing. Chayla Gimel Simen Lamed Zayin, he writes, he's talking about Refuas, and he talks about the Ran, and he says, zal That the Ran was from the greatest doctors, and he knew these, uh, these things. So it seems from this uh, Tashbats, that the Ran was a doctor as well. Besides being the God of Adar and Rosh Hashiva, he was also a doctor. Now, a very important um, par- uh, incident or event in the life of the Ran is that he actually wrote a Sefer Torah for himself. He wrote his own Sefer Torah. And on the mantle of the Sefer Torah, it's written, Sefer Torah Kosafti La'atzmi. I wrote it for myself, Uluz Chusin, for my schus, Nisin Ben, Adoni Yavi, Marena Rav, Ruvain, Gerondi. He was still alive, his father. Nosati al Tznai, Bevesakneses, Kilos Yaakov, Bikala Kodesh Barcelona. And I gave it on a condition that I could always take it back to the Shul, Kilos Yaakov in Barcelona. Yoim Heiba Chodesh Sivan, in the fifth day of Chodesh Sivan, right before Shavuos, in the year 1336. Hey Alafim Tzadivav, 1336. And the end he writes, Im Loyalis, Yerushalayim, Arashim Chasi, that even though I'm Besimcha, I'm always going to remember. Um, Yerushalayim. The Tashbats in Chelek Aleph, Non Aleph, brings a Shiloh like this. A Sefer Torah that usually when you write a Kuf, as we know, a Kuf has a, the uh, Resh side to it, and then it has what we call the Regal, the foot. Now that Regal is not supposed to halachically be touching to the top of the Resh. It'll look like uh, some type of extended Ches if, it, if it's touching. So he has a Shiloh about a Sefer Torah where the Kuf actually touches the top of the Resh. And um, he brings that the Chacham, Rabbi Avram Ibn Ezra, wrote, Da, you should know, ki kol achas. That every letter you could write, it has, it's all connected to each other. as one form, one connection. Um, because shehi devuka, because every letter, everything about it is connected. Chutz mi hei, Except for the letter hei, which has the hei, the, the right side, and then the little regal, as we call it. So it sounds like, says the Tashvats, that even the Kuf is all connected. Not like we write a Kuf. So it sounds like, says the Tashvats from the Ben Ezra, that a Kuf, the top, could touch the, uh, the, the Gag. And then he writes, then he writes, Shamati Yekarav Reb Nisin Jirondi Zal Sheba Barcelona. I heard that the Ran in Barcelona, who was the Rebbe of my Rabbeim, Kosav Sefer Terlatzmai, Vayiragli Akuf Tvukas Legagam. And the regal of the Kuf was actually connected to the top. Um, and there was 
a person named Vidal Sofer, Shaya Shatz Morocco, or An Vidal Sofer, there was a person named An Vidal Sofer who was, I guess, the Balkyria of Morocco, and he saw the Sefer Torah of the Ran, and Shalai Selzeh, and he said to the Ran, it seems to me all your kufs are connected, it's Pasul, Vishasak Arabzal, and the Ran didn't answer him because the Ran held it was kosher. So, very interesting thing about the Sefer Torah that the Ran wrote for himself. And the halachic ramifications of a of a kuf. Um, in the year 1391, which it seems to be after the Ran's Petira, as we said before, there were a lot of uh, massacres against the Jews and uh, pogroms against the Yidin in Svarad, and many Jews were killed by Kiddush Hashem. And his son, Reb Ruvain, the Ran's son, Reb Ruvain, he had two sons. One was named Chasdoi, the other name was Ruvain. On the back of the cloth of the Sefer Torah, in the beginning, right? On the back of the cloth of Reish's Barley Kim, he actually wrote the whole story um, about um, the, the pogroms and all the tsars they went through. And he writes, um, I, I won't say the whole story, but you can look it up in different places. They have it. My brother, Rabdoin Chasdoi, saved our family. I saved all our Sefer Torahs. And amongst those Sefer Torah, I saved this Sefer Torah that my father wrote. And then he writes, It sounds like they were wealthy from all of our property. We're only left with ourselves, with our bodies. And I am lamenting on the breaking of my nation. 1391. So that's supposedly that's what's written on the back of the Ran Sefer Torah. Um, now another story in the Ran's life. The Rivash writes at the end of uh, Shinai and Vav that... Um, he says, I'm sorry I'm delayed in answering you. It's been five months. Some people got up, not good people. And they, and they, and they, uh, they set a plot, uh, a plot about us. Um, against the Ran. And six honorable people from prominent people in the in the community. Amongst them, the Chacham Doin Chasdoi. We're not sure if he means the Ran's son or he meant his Talmud Rev Doin Chasdoi Krashkash. Um, Va'ani, the Ruvash says, me, Va'achi, and my brother, and a few other of us, who must son Lamalchus, and they they made this uh, this plot against us and this libel against us, and they gave us over to the Malchus, and in Shinan Zayin Zayin, he writes, Come aleinu, we may pritze ameinu, umasru lamalchus aloi chamas, gamruach apeinu, Mashiach Hashem, meireinu nilcha b'shkizoyzam, also, our, our master, ruach apeinu, Mashiach Hashem, was also trapped in their traps, v'nitvas adkoi, and we were put into jail until now when Hashem, we, we were able to, Hashem helped us and we went out innocently. So he was put into jail, doesn't say how long they were in jail for. He does write, it's been five months. I'm not 100% sure if they were five months in jail, because at one point it sounds like that they went out on some type of bail. I'm not 100% sure, but they were clearly put into jail um, because some type of libel against them, the Ran, the Rivash, and some other prominent people amongst them. Um, now, understanding what he was up against, 
in uh, in Tav Mem Zayin, the Rivash writes, "Bechai Nafshi Ani Reisi Be Barcelona." I saw in Barcelona as Mayreinu Haranzal Kesher Roitzuloi Chiyach Aleiz the Dover Matzmai. When he had to give uh, rebuke, he had to give muster to people. Some of the rich people would stand up against him and they would be whatever he wanted to do, they were mevatel. So the Ran, it seems, had a lot of opposition, or some opposition at least, from people in the community to things he was trying to accomplish. And like we said, some people had him thrown in jail. But the Ran was very strong and he didn't, uh, in many chuvas, he stands up for what's right. For example, in Chuvas Haran Simon Lamed, he writes, For every, the G'daylam of every city should make different Eitzas in order to, um, f- to, uh, to fence in the breaches. So no faxes should come in and uh, make too much destruction. So he's he's uh, telling the Chachamim we have to stand up for what's right and do our best, even though there's a lot of um, opposition. And for example, in Simin Nun Ches, about a Meinekes Shenisarsa. Meinekes is a woman who's nursing 24 months after she had a baby, and the halacha is that such a woman is not allowed to get married until her child is uh, two years old. And it was a case of a Meinekes that was Nisarsa. She had Kedushin. So the question was, yeah, kosher, not kosher. So the, the Ran is handling this, and he writes, Vasarti. Many such things came to my hand, and I answered it. Uh, in 1348 and 1349, there was a big plague, and I guess a lot of people died, and because of that, people were trying to get married. And he says, after the first Dever, in one of the very Chosheva people in Girona, even though it was very hard, for whatever reason, I'm not sure if it was Kasha Harbe because of what was going on, because of the Dever, or does he mean because of the pressure? It was one of the Miyuchadim Shabakal. I was not Mater for any reason, which sounds like there was pressure on him to be Mater. He says, Anyone who comes to be lenient, he is making a breach in the gather of the Chachamim. So <clears throat> you see here that uh, the Ran was standing up for, again, there were times of, of, of Tsaris that he was going through, but he was standing up for what he held was breaches in Tyra, and he felt that Rabbanim have to stand up to it, and as we see, he had opposition that he was dealing with in his city as well. Um, there are a lot of Minhagim in the city of Barcelona, interesting Minhagim, the Rivash and Simon Pebez brings an interesting Minig. The Minig was, and this was a Minig he writes, that was enacted Alpi the Ran, that they would be Mekadesh, a woman first, and then later on, when it came to the actual chasana, which where they would do the chuppah, they would be Mekadesh her again a second time, <coughs> without saying the Shem Hashem in the brachas. And the reason is because, I guess, even normally, they used to do everything by the chasana, like we do it, we have the Kedushin, and then we have the, that's the Hareya Mekudeshes with the Brachas, Birchas Harisin. And then you have the Sheva Brachas, which is the Birchas Nisuin, which is the Chuppah. There's two halves to a, uh, two parts to a Jewish marriage. So it seems the Minig there was that way as well. And they felt that if people didn't see a Kedushin under the Chuppah, they're going to think, you don't have to make a Kedushin, and they're not going to know that in this situation, perhaps the... Um, 
the, the Kedushin had been done earlier. So this is a minig that the Ran enacted in Barcelona. But he brings, the Rivash rings, He made fun of it. At what point is there to make a bracha if you're not saying the Shem Hashem? But this was a very interesting minig that was enacted um, by the Ran. Um, now there's another thing that's interesting. We know there's a Cherem de Rabbeinu Gershom that was accepted by by Anshe Ashkenaz. The Cherem de Rabbeinu Gershom, there's two famous ones at least. One is not divorcing a woman against her will. Even though I'll repeat Torah law, one could divorce a woman against her will. There's a Cherem de Rabbeinu Gershom. And the second famous Cherem de Rabbeinu Gershom is not to uh, marry two wives. Only marry one wife. Even though I'll repeat Torah law, one can marry two wives. Uh, if you're learning Daf Yaimin, Yavamis, this is uh, the Sugyas of Tsaris. One could have two wives. So the question is, in Svarad, they didn't necessarily have, except the Cheirah of the Rabbeinu Gershon, Rabbeinu Gershon Maragoyla was Ashkenaz. So how did he, how was the Ram Mesiaches to the Cheirah the Rabbeinu Gershon? So he says like this, in Chuvis Haran, Simulam Ches, he says, V'loi oid, elashanu muchzakim sheyesh Cheirah bekilais bedavar, he says, we have a chazaka that there is a cherem in the kehilais, or because of takanus Rabbeinu Gershom, which sounds like in this aspect, as we'll see in a moment, what we're referring to, it wasn't only for Ashkenaz, it was in Svarat as well. When it comes to giving a woman a get against her will, the Ran says that's not an Ashkenaz thing. Even though it's Rabbeinu Gershon, but either Rabbeinu Gershon's Takana went to everyone, or there's it's our own Cherem HaKehilais, there's an Isser in all Yisrael, we never heard of such a thing anymore, Isha Miskareshes Balkarcha. Now in the second Cherem, Cherem de Rabbeinu Gershom, of marrying two wives, so this Shiloh came to him in Simon Memches, the Chuvis Haran, as a Shiloh like this. A guy got married in a place where the Cherem de Rabbeinu Gershom was Chal. And then he moved, he was in France somewhere, I guess North France, which is Ashkenaz, Baliatoisvis, so they had the Cherem. And then he moved to, um, to Svarad. He moved to Svarad. Uh, Katalia, Katilia, he went to Katila, and over there they didn't have the Cherem Derbeinu Gershom, and they would marry more than one wife. And he wanted to know, is he allowed to marry more than one wife? Now you do find by certain minhagim that you go with the minig hamakam, and even if your place had one minig, when you move to a new place, you could take on those, you take on those minhagim, even lakula, even to be lenient. So he wanted to know, now that he's in uh, Spain, could he marry a second wife? And the Ran says, no, it's Asr. And he says, Ein hamakim geirem, I say. When it comes to Chayrem, the Rabbeinu Gershon, Ein hamakim geirem, I say. The place does not, uh, is not the cause of the, of the Isser. It's not Tully in the Makim. El al-karkafto inchi. It was niskabel on the heads of people. Aleim valzaram. Any children, any descendants from those places that took on the cherem, no matter where they go, they have the cherem de Rabbeinu Gershom on them. And he says, And I don't see just because he left his place that he doesn't have the cherem anymore. And then he goes through the tshuva, talking about maybe she's Michael. Could you be Michael? Could you be Shayal on it? And then he says, 
an interesting thing. It's, Who says the lady could be Michael? Maybe the Cherim is not for the Takana just of the Nashim. Maybe it's for the men as well. Because if there's more than one wife, they'll fight. So even if you'll say the wife is Michael, but Lamaitz, so there's going to be arguments and it's not good for the man as well. And therefore, there's no way to be matter this cherem hagadol of cherem of bezin hagadol of Rabbeinu Gershom. You cannot be matter, and um, therefore, this person has no choice but to keep the cherem, even though now he's in he's in svarat. Now let's talk about his svarim. He continued with the derech of the Chachmei Svarad, the Ramban, the Rajba, the Ra'ah, where he brings Shitas Bali HaTaisvis together with the Devarim of Chachmei Svarad. And like the Ramban and the Rajba and the Ra'ah to come to Halacha Lamaisa, the Bali HaTaisvis didn't necessarily come to that Halacha Lamaisa, but as we spoke about in the Ramban and the Rajba, that was their, that was their Mahalach, and he kept with this Mahalach. Now, his Pirish on the Rif, his pirush that he wrote on the riff is on 14 Mesechtas. Now, even though he wrote it, so to speak, as a commentary on the riff, he's not coming to explain the riff. Instead of writing it on the Gemara, since it's more halachadik, and the riff is, is, a, is, being, is paskening, and, he's, and he's, uh, it's, it's a, uh, the, the Gemara is, is, is all the Shaklavitarya, but the riff brought the halachalamites of the Gemara. So the Ran wanted to write also on that halachalamaisa. So he based it on the riff, but he's not really coming to answer the riff. He's not coming to explain the riff. He's not coming to explain the riff's maskana. Now, um, he has to handle with the riff when it comes to psak, because the riff is the paisik. So he does handle with the riff words, but that's not his matara. Sometimes he argues on the riff, sometimes he's masking him to the balamar the Raza, who argues on the riff, and sometimes he's mevatel himself to the riff, like in Megillah, in Parak Beis, he says, Shema Raval Vazamra, Dvarim Eilu, Anu Mekabal Lekabal I'm sorry, Shema Raval Vazamra, if the riff said this, Shrichem Anu Lekabal Dvarim, we must accept what he's saying. So that's his pirish on the riff, which is more halachadik. Then he has his chidushim. In his chidushim, it's more, of course, like the Ramban and Rajba, to be mefarish pshat and come to a psak, but there's more of a focus on coming to aimek pshat, even things that are not necessarily negiat to halacha. Um, now it would seem he wrote his chidushim to the riff after his chidushim on the Gemara, because in his chidushim on the riff, he will tell you, look in my chidushim, I was myrich, I talked more in length in my chidushim alashats, and in very few places does he mention in his chidushim alashats that he talked about it in his halachas on the riff. So it would seem the chidushim on the riff came second. Now what year he wrote his chidushim in Avodazar Daftes, He's talking about Shemitah. This year is a Shemitah year. He writes, Shehi Shnas Chameshes Alafim Kuf, Tess 1349, He Shnas HaShemitah. So it seems in those years, 1349, he was writing his um, Chidushim already. Again, if he was born in 1315, so he was in his 30s at that time when he wrote those um, Chidushim. 
It seems he wrote a little bit later because there he quotes the rush, like on Chafa Aleph, he quotes the rush. In other Mesechtets, he doesn't quote the rush. So it seems by that time the Divrei Harosh were Nispashet. He also quotes the Rav Magid, the Magid Mishnah, and the Vyadzainam at Beis, which he doesn't quote in other Mesechtets. So it seems those Chidushim he wrote at a later time, and the words of the rush and the Magid Mishnah, and perhaps others, were more widespread. Now, Mesechtin Nedarim, that's his, his, his crown. Mesechtin um, Nedarim doesn't have a lot of Rishayim on it, a lot of Pirushim. And in fact, in the times of the Ga'inim, the Sefer Archas Chaim of Aaron Milunil, he writes about a certain Shaila and he says about, uh, about, about uh, Hataras Nedarim, and he writes that Venishal Ga'in Mehayin Yonah, that one of the Ga'inim was asked this question, and he answered, Nedarim Eina Nishnis Bishnei Yeshivas Hayayim, the Ga'inim said, that Nidarim is not learned in the two great yeshivas today, Yoyser Mimei more than a hundred years, and therefore we're not really big Bikiim in Nidarim. Nidarim doesn't have the same Pirushim as the other Mesechtas in Shas. Um, <clears throat> Nidarim also is more Yerushalmi Dik. There's no Teku in Nidarim. The word Teku, there's the word instead Tiboi, remains a Shailah. And it's much more Yerushalmi type of Lashon. Perhaps it wasn't edited the same way as the other Mesechtas and Shas. But that you, that's Nidarim. So Nidarim is a harder Mesechta. Not many Perushim. And the Ran came to fill it in. All, what all the other Perushim are missing from the Nidarim, he filled in. He had Chidushe Harajba, which he argues on the Rajba many times in his Pirush. He has the Halachas of the Ramban that he deals with. He has the Psakim of the Rambam and the Ravid and the Bali HaToysvis. Um, in fact, in one tshuva he writes, in Simon Yudzayin, he says that he wrote his pirush on the Ran, he did not have yet the toisvis mitoch, is one of the balia toisvis, he says, Efshir shasakin mat, now that I got those balia toisvis, maybe I'll fix some things, but he incorporated it all in there, and then he has his own svaris, and his svaris in Mesech Nedarim are unique, they're chidushim, Many, many of his pieces in the Dharam start with Nira Be'enai, or K Nira Be'enai, and that is what the Ran is famous for, his Svaris Yesharis in Mesechta Nidharam. He also has Chuvis, as we mentioned, from all over the world, from uh, Tzvas, from uh, Damascus, and Syria, and all over, he has Chuvis from all over. There's Drushas Haran that he gave, which is Jesaidus in Ashkafa. There's Piyutim that he wrote, there's Pirushim Alatayra. And we'll just end off, it's, um, so, uh, the Rans Petira, as we said, we don't know his year, anywhere between 1376 and 1380. Some say it was on Tes Shvat, the 9th of Shvat, but it's not very clear. Um, but I just want to point out, it's the week of Purim. The Divrei Chaim, the Sanzerov's Chusiyog and Aleinu, was Makbid on Purim to learn Ran. Now, I don't know if he learned Dafka Ran on Nidorim, it sort of sounds like that, but he was Makbid to learn Ran. Because he said that learning the Ran is a way of being, eradicating the Klipa of Amalek, eradicating the Tum of Amalek. Why? Because Amalek is Seichel Okum V'ikeshu V'saltol. Amalek is a twisted and convoluted and perverted way of thinking. It's all twisted. Svaras Haran, the Svaras of the Ran, the logic of the Ran, who Seichel Hayashar. That is a straight way of thinking and it straightens a person's way of thinking. So someone who learns Ran is Shaivar as Klipas Amalek. Someone who learns the Ran 
breaks the klipa of Amalek, the tomb of Amalek. I'm sorry, Menachem Zembo, the Avnei Nezer, they all were Meshabeach, that the Ran Svaris army Yasheves Haseichel. If you want to learn how to think straight in a glata way, in a straight and, and manner, you learn the Ran, the Ran. Um, helps a person to start thinking in a, in a straight way. And therefore the Divrechayim would say that on Purim there's the Indian to learn Ran because on Purim when we're coming to be Moicha Amalek and Amalek is Ikesh Okum Upesaltal that's the day a person has to straighten his thinking to Das Torah and the way one, one could accomplish that is learning the Ran, especially the Ran and the Dorim. So Bez Hashem, everyone should have a Freilich and Purim. We should be Zoycha that the Ran's Chusa Yogan Aleinu that we should talk be Zoycha to Mechias Amalek in the highest form possible and that will happen Bez Hashem with the coming of Mashiach Bimheira Viyameinu Amein Have a wonderful day everyone. Kol Tov again and a Freilich and Purim.